Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is The Mentor with Mark Burris. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Mentor. This week is two businesses at opposite ends of the experience spectrum. First up is Danny Mitchell from Koala Mattresses, an online mattress company that basically shaking the industry and is doing a great job of sales and going international. Um, they're a brilliant couple of new, new starters and um, got a great business. Then later on, I'm going to talk to Sammy Hardwick, who started her own social media and digital marketing agency called Double Tap earlier this year and is at the very early stage of building a business. Lots to talk about, so let's get into it. Okay, these two guys launched an online mattress company. Of all things, I mean, who would ever think to launch an online mattress company that now delivers under four hours, which is incredible. I mean, I don't know how you lug a big mattress around in four hours. And after you buy it, well, that's after you buy it, of course, you've got to pay for it. But they'll they'll deliver within four hours if you're in a capital city and across Australia. Um, I want to welcome Danny Millam and Mitch Taylor to The Mentor. How are you going, guys? Hey, Mark. Good yourself? Good, thanks. Very good. Uh, but, well, I love the name. Uh, I really love the name, Koala. When I saw the brief and it was called Koala, I immediately thought of what I saw in the budget last night and the, the Australian government's allocated um, a couple – the New South Wales government's allocated a couple million dollars to people to actually build koala um, sort of uh, places on their properties around Australia. And I thought, oh, koala. And I quickly saw koala here and I thought, you know, like uh, what are these guys doing something about koalas? You know, because yeah. that was I – just, I just saw the word koala on the brief. Funny you uh, say that. We just um – my uncle has a farm up behind Byron and it's on a Me koala. Too. Oh, really? It's on a koala corridor. Yeah, yeah. And um, the government hadn't put money into this beforehand and we've already paid. Um, <laughs> but we're um, putting aside six hectares of land and planting 5,000 uh, food trees on a Yeah, well, food that's, trees it's on funny. I'm, I'm doing the same thing I saw when I saw oh, this. I'm going to do the same. I'm just up at the back of, um, um, on the way towards federal. Okay, yeah, he's at Pinnaburra. Okay, okay, well, we're not far from each other, yeah. and uh, and because I've have had koalas coming to my property. That's right. So I think I think your name is is it called koala mattress or just koala? It's koala, koala now. Koala. Yeah. So uh, uh, tell me, I mean, what's the how? Did, I mean, what's the relevance of koala? How does it resonate vis-a-vis mattresses? I think it was uh, the way we kind of chose the name was. It kind of all fell into place. Uh, previous businesses we've had have been social good businesses. So we've planted trees in the past and done other various things. And with koala, we wanted to do something different. We uh, wanted to adopt an Australian animal. So instead of planting trees over in Africa, we want to adopt an Australian animal. And as we're looking into it and looking into the mattress industry, we're thinking about what what animal can we adopt in Australia? And it really kind of just fell into one. place. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's one that's cute, it's cuddly, it sleeps 18 hours a day. Um, yeah, it, just, it really, um, from there, it just took off and the name just blended so well. And then from there, it's really become more than a mattress company. We have Koala.com, which is a globally recognized name. And oh, really? We actually are, yeah, we actually ranked higher than the, the animal on Google. So, so Koala.com, what, what is that? I mean, it, that's this mattress company? Yeah, mattress, yeah. So, no, yeah, it's no but, you're, but you're saying because of the name, it's ranked Oh, we're, we're, ranked, we're ranked higher in terms of like the traffic we get to our website. We're ranked higher than the animal in Australia. So, because every time someone types in koala, they yeah, they go to the mattress company. Yeah, yeah. we feel like the government might knock on our door soon and say, "Look, guys, 
the, the tourists are thinking that we, we, we have mattresses all around our country. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, and do, you, do you play on that? Do you, for example, say, okay, um, we're called koala.com, we do mattresses, but by the way, every dollar from every sale we put back into koala rehabilitation or whatever, research yeah, so, for the various diseases they get? Yeah, we do quite a lot. Um, so at, at the beginning it was adopting koalas and there was enough. Um, so sick and injured koalas, giving them care for a year. Um, well, you would do that? Uh, we would uh, give the funds to the Macquarie Koala Hospital. Right. Um, but now we've outgrown that. Um, so working with Koa- uh, the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital and other charities, we're um, able to go into investing in habitat. Um, so which means? Which means instead of you know property developments going up in koala habitat, um, we're putting in more koala food trees. Um, protecting the biodiversity of those areas and um, joining up those koala corridors. Because at the moment you've got koalas which their populations are broken up all over the place. That uh, creates a lot of inbreeding, disease. Yeah. Um, so it's all about uh, protecting their habitat and getting the biodiversity back in those those regions. That's that's that's. I think the name koala, I'll be honest here, is totally brilliant. Yeah. I yeah, mean, we were on the phone when we did it. Um, you know, we used to talk for almost five hours a day in between work and business and, um, you know, we'd always be calling each other, oh, and they sleep 18 hours a day. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're like, wombat, what's wombat? Nah, wombat doesn't work. <laughs> kangaroo, nah, kangaroo doesn't work. <laughs> and then yeah, we finally got to the name. I mean, yeah, it, because, you know, like uh, p- people you just, you got your sort of um, search engine optimization sort of straight up done, sort of just in relation to the name. And especially when we're, so we're launching new markets internationally yeah. um, and new products. So Koala is sort of, the branding is, is very Australian. iconic Australian. Totally. Um, and sort of stands behind what means to be Australian. No worries. Um, you know, the underdog, um, sort of positive, uh, contributing to the world, that sort of thing. So that's sort of, the word Koala, that's what it sort of means to us. Brilliant name. Name's Brilliant. Um, obviously you've got all your, you know, optimization or, you know, probably you're on top of all that sort of stuff. Product. Explain to me, or more importantly, people listening, what is your mattress product? So before Koala, um, I had an online mattress, uh, online sofa company. And oh, you're, um, you've been down the street before? I have. Yeah. And um, through that, Danny was working at, at Ogilvy or data division of Ogilvy. Um, Ogilvy av- being single and Ogilvy ma- ma- yeah. yeah. And um, so he was helping a lot with our advertising and things like that. And um, with my sofa company, noticed all the pain points with you know the traditional sofa market: uh, fifteen weeks delivery, um, you know, ordering from overseas. Pain in the ass. Yeah, Total. no thought put into you know the product or design. People getting ripped off, getting cheap quality um, for exuberant prices. Um, so Koala sort of came about looking at, at that business and saying, well, hang on, how can we give the customer more of what they want? So A I better was, mousetrap. Yeah, and I was importing um, sofas, so the quality just wasn't there in the product. We were doing free delivery across the eastern states within a week, but um, still the quality wasn't there. So Koala came from Danny and I deciding, well, how do we give the customer absolutely everything they could want and need, plus more? Get them talking about it with their friends in barbecues, get... If their friends come over for dinner, get them actually jumping on the bed, trying out the mattress. That that sort of excitement around us. That is exciting. Um, and so when we when we looked at the traditional retailers or the traditionalist mattress market, um, it was just I suppose really easy for us uh, to give customers a very high quality product at an affordable price because the the retail markups on these mattresses that are out um, at traditional retailers are so exuberant, and so we were able to give people great value. Um, and so that's yeah, why price, I mean, Undercut. You actually, you know, the old disruptor, come in with a better product at a cheap price. But we were able to do that through a direct-to-consumer business yeah, model. Yeah, yeah, Um And so with the mattress, we, we first looked at doing springs and all sorts of things. We actually went through every mattress material, you know, you can think of. And it was great that we came in to this as outsiders because – we didn't have the the beliefs that latex was great, memory foam was great, springs were great, this foam's great. It was just blank slather. So we were actually just laying on mattresses thinking what worked for us, what was comfortable, uh, what would our customers really like. And so that's when we came up with a full foam mattress, um, working with Australian foam suppliers. And we're actually first to market with a product um, 
that wasn't latex, wasn't memory foam, um, had the properties that we liked. So it wasn't, you sink in, you're stuck, you're, you know, that dead weight like memory foam. Um, this was still pressure relieving, but gave you that support and that bounce back. Um, and being Australian made, we could, we could stand behind a 10 year warranty. So it's made in Australia. It is. Yeah. And, uh, like, but you probably need to explain to me what it does. I mean, like, how does it work? Like, uh, I mean, for example, like it's, it's, I suppose it gets very technical down to cell structure. Um, and is it your proprietary stuff? I mean, did did you? The foams are our own grades. That's right. right. And we, we tweak them, you know, weekly, monthly, all the time to try and make them better. Right. Um, so what happened? Like, I, let's say I buy one of these. I mean, I mean, I have a king size bed now, and I, I bought the, the the mattress I got was uh, came with the bed because I bought something from you know Italy. Okay? Right. Okay. It's a fancy base. Paid too much. Yeah, and I've, I've made it. <laughs> I probably did for sure, <laughs> totally. And it's you know it's leather and all this crap. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the mattress came with it. The mattress is hard as. Lee hard as anything. I feel like I'm in prison. So, and I'm always getting sore shoulders and sore everything because right. like it's there's got no movement in it. But I, but I don't. know. I've never really gone about trying to buy another one. So, tell me what how you would improve my sleep. How would I sleep like a koala? Well, yeah, exactly. So we looked at people do like a firm mattress. They want to feel support, but they also want initial comfort, um, and they need that pressure relief. And so it's it's a very delicate sort of balancing act to get all that right for one mattress. And, um, so we've, we've, you know, tweaked the cell structure, the density, uh, everything using our return data, using our customer feedback every week to make this product better and better. So it's almost a feeling of floating or being in air. So enough support. So your spine is aligned. Um, but also you're not sinking in, getting hot during the night and can't you can get roll out. over easily, all of that. So yeah, it was it may, it's all common sense when you think about it, but the mattress industry just, I suppose, goes down different ways. Well, they're, they're, they're stuck in their own process too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's good to note that we really have one firmness or one type of mattress where typically a mattress uh, company will have 20, 30 different types of firmness or different types of levels of soft or firm. And it comes back to just them kind of owning the market and being able to do high-low pricing and do so many different ranges and really instead of designing a product for the customer, they're just telling what the customer needs. If you ask anyone on the street – like yourself, like, do you know what's inside your mattress? You have a clue. See, no one knows. And then yet you walk into a, uh, a showroom and they'll tell you all these different technologies that once you walk out, you won't remember those technologies. because Or I remember how much I paid. Yeah, mm. that's that's what everyone does. And it's, it, it's really flipping the whole um, thinking around designing a product for the customer rather than giving them different choices and then just reinventing latex, reinventing memory foam. Whereas, but if I looked at it, does it look like a normal mattress? It looks like, it yeah, it's a normal mattress, yeah. The, you know, Except like, it comes in a box. Okay, so how does that? Tiny <laughs> mattress in a box, I can't so believe we, it. We, so it's like a magic. That's the beauty about foam. So foam, when you buy foam, it has to be pre-crushed um, to get all the inconsistencies out um, and sort of get that first sort of couple of years wear and tear into the product. Um, so then it, it ages slowly after that. And so there's no harm. It's actually better for the product that we squish them down like a pancake, fold them over, and then roll them up in a small box. So a king mattress that we sell you know, comes up to your, your hip um, it can go on a toll conveyor belt. Um, so it's quite amazing. And that's how we're able to do the four hour delivery in, in Cause they're light too, I guess. No, that, that, you know, as heavy as a normal mattress. Are they? Um, yeah. But just, but they're in a more compact area. Yeah, that's right. So you can throw one over your shoulder, so, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. You yep. pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, so what you've done here is your, your product. Um, it's a new product. It's proprietary to do in terms of, um, the cell structure. Um, and, it gives a um, a different experience to people in terms of um, what they're used to in terms of mattresses. It's easier to manufacture in that you're not manufacturing twenty different types. You've That's got right. one type. It's um, it's uh, surprisingly compact and easy to deliver, which is how you can um, um, uh, deliver on your four hour delivery promise, so to speak. Um, which means um, it's probably cheaper to transport too. Is it? You got you can put a lot more on a truck. You know, yeah. That's an argument. I was just over in Germany at a, a huge trade fair and the big industry guys from the States were actually coming back saying, well, no, we believe it's cheaper to deliver a full mattress. Um, I think the four hour, the speed that we do it in, how we warehouse, um, you know, it's, it's neck and neck really about cost. Uh, right. We're able to give the customer that experience of get it now, get it on the same day. Which is what, it, it's what online is all about. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. the whole objective of going online is I'm going to buy it now. I, yep. I want it as close to now as possible. Yep. So the close to now as possible because I don't want to buy them wait a week. 
and I don't really want to um, get a massive surprise either. I don't want a bad surprise. I mean, I, I you know, like I, I want to know what I'm buying and I want to know that I get it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and, and the other, do you do returns, for example? Like, we do. Yeah. yeah. So if, if I, you know, 120 one of, nights, you've got 120 nights. I get to sleep on it. If you don't nights. like it for whatever reason, we'll come and pick it up, give you a full refund. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess you can't go and put it into the, uh, take it back up to Australia Post something because you probably can't. I, wouldn't no, be able, right. I can't compress it myself, can I? <laughs> so we, no. we ask I can't our, just fold it and compress it. Well, can we ask our customers to try and fold it and bend it over for returning it. Right. Um, and then we're lucky enough to work with a number of charities in Australia and, and internationally um, in APAC to, you know, give mattresses to the needy. Um, and then worst case, they're recycled into carpet underlay. So it's sort of cradle to grave sort of. Is it is it sort of like those pillows you can get that sort of um, your head sort of fits into? Is yeah, it pillow ones? Well, that's that's memory foam. So that's exactly what we went against. Right. Because I was going to say they annoy me. Quick sand. I don't like Good. them. Yeah. And they feel heavy or dense or it's something. Just the marketing. I think we need to replace that mattress of yours. Oh, I got a I got a normal king size. I don't even know what. I wouldn't have a clue. But I guess it's springs in or something. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Idea. It's been there for about uh, five or six years. Okay, I think I'll give it a crack. I give it a crack. Okay, yeah. great. If, if you want to do one, I will give it a crack. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Seriously, I will. Okay. Um, how high is it? Like, uh, like thick is 25 it? centimetres. That's uh, eight inches, seven yep. eight inches. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> yeah. That's a good yeah, it's size. Standard, standard height. Because I don't sizes. have a base. I've got a, I just got like a slats, if you know what I mean. Okay. So yeah, okay. it sits okay in one of those? Yep, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a crack. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Great. For sure. You can t- return it if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you want it after 120 <laughs> days. Mostly, you know, but anyway. Um, and and uh, that, that's pretty cool. It's uh, I. I I just, I mean, I can't believe some of the th- people come through this show, and the bloody ideas they come up with. And I'm, I'm totally intrigued. I know well, you're, you're ex uh, advertising, uh, like were you an account exec or creative or? Nah, uh, creative technology. So my background's in uh, development, so programmer. So I used to do apps, quite a lot of apps. And right. So I was basically blending like creative, creative campaigns with technology. So. So, you, but you've got a you've got a creative, and you're part of the marketing part of all this. Yeah, yeah, I write all marketing, and Mitch runs products, so that's so, where I kind of. Split. But Mitch comes from a, an online bed company prior to oh, this. Sofa, sofa. yeah, sofa. So, yeah. so oh, sofa, but sofa is a thing like you sit on and becomes a bed. Is that right? No, no, sofa is just an American name for a couch. A couch, okay. <laughs> yeah. How'd you? I mean, Fruit you're, you're a young fellow. How'd you get into? I was. Um, how the hell did you get into sofas? Like, well, like, I was just at uni. Uh, had an you know an online business at uni to pay the bills. My wife was a um, American student, so the university bills are quite high when they're a foreign uh, student. So um, yeah, had an online business uh, through uni and sort of you know was making twenty thirty dollars profit here and there, and, and sort of thought, well, where can we make you know sell bigger items, bigger margins, and that's um, sort of when I got into furniture. Um, <laughs> What's so rather than student, how old are you? I'm 29. Danny's so, what, 26. 26. So you're sitting around when you're in your, your, your early days of university with your missus and you, you decide to go into online, selling online lounges. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Like, I mean, <laughs> what were you studying? Uh, sustainability. Sustainability and you yeah. decided to get into sell lounges online. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand how the connection <laughs> works, but and, 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 and you, you studied uh, what? I did computer science at uni. Okay, so so you, I, um, I, I was only working in advertising for about a year and a half. I, um, I after uni did an iPhone application that I raised money for and moved to Sydney when I was, uh, to the States for. Uh, but I've just been doing stuff. I've got my own skincare brand as well. So <laughs> I started a few years ago. Um, and another company, which it's a, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a software company where we work with charities. So we plant trees all around the world. And through that, um, and Mitch's, this is kind of how we, our business, kind of, business minds kind of got together was he used my tree planting software uh, for his lounge business. So every time he, he someone purchased a lounge they'd plant 10 trees and that's where we kind of started working together a lot more but we, we both grew up in Byron Bay I grew, I grew up in the pocket um, he grew up uh, in Maynard Milam so oh well, I'm up in San Lena yeah okay, nice. so we're all very close so yeah, we, yeah. and we've always uh, well it's pretty hard to kind of do a startup up there so we both kind of I left uh, Ogilvy when I was working there and um, Mitch I finally got him down to Sydney and we moved down and we did a thing in one week three trips the, the trip in the car because we, it was really funny trying to tell these ma- um, mattress manufacturers that we've got a really good idea and it's going to go in a box. No one would believe us. So they wouldn't even, sometimes they wouldn't even let us in the factory. We would um, we'd be out the front of the factory just testing these models and they wouldn't probably embarrass their staff or these two young guys. I was 24 and you were 26, 27. Yeah. And they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't embarrass their staff. So we were out the front of these actual um, mattress manufacturers 
with these matches on the ground, we had really no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> we were just kind of like pointing, like get we 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 knew enough to realize that like what we wanted, but they were like telling us you got to put more layers in, you've got to do more springs, which is a stereotypical mattress thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then yeah, we both kind of like dropped both our startups um and to join Koala. So uh, where'd you get the dough from to kick it off? I mean, how how'd you fund this sort of stuff? It's a very, very cheaply. Uh, like we bootstrapped it a, a lot. We, um, me and Danny were, were working, we were basically the whole company for the first couple, like three, four months. Yeah. Delivering mattresses yeah. ourselves. If, you know, cause our careers couldn't keep up at the start. So we would have my, my land careers are full of, full of mattresses. I'd be driving sometimes on the phone to customers and Danny would be on the computer answering chats and, and, and emails at customer service while we're delivering mattresses up to 12 o'clock at night around Sydney. Um, Palm Beach was the worst. <laughs> I remember one day we had to an order in Palm Beach. So I'd drive from uh, Bondi to Palm Beach and then go back down to like Oyster Bay. And it was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're delivering them in koala suits, like everything. Oh, yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, we had a koala, yeah. 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 rock and whoever lost had to <laughs> deliver it. And it was the hottest days. We were in this massive suit and you look real happy, but you just be sweating inside, trying to smile. Well, the worst part of it is have, who has to wear the suit after. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to wear it yeah. <laughs> You, you wouldn't want to be wearing after, you know, Mitch sweating or your Danny sweating. The funny came from Seed Round. From um, Steve Smith, the Aussie cricket captain. Oh right, okay. And how'd you get to Steve? Uh, well, through Danny and his influence at um, at Fishburners, a, a local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you guys were down at Fishburners. I was. I was. A fi- I've been at Fishburners for about um, four years. When I moved down from Byron, I did my um, startup in Fishburners, and I was there for a few years. And just through that, I knew um, some connections um, who knew Steve, who was looking to invest in some tech startups. And yeah, it kind of went from there. We had a few beers with him, and then yeah, it kind of. Yeah, it really it was went perfect fit, yeah. really, for both of us. Um, so he's he's your, you know, your let's call it your moneyed partner. He was at the start. Was, yeah. um, well, right. Is he, yeah. Have you bought him out or he's still No, there? no, he's no. still heavily involved. And you've gone and it, another couple of rounds? We haven't. You haven't? No. So the beauty of being Australian-made, um, we're a really cash-positive business. So um, we're doing a round at the moment. Um, so anyone listening with money, please email us. But, no, please um, do. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is a great idea. I, I, I love this idea. Um, so how much money are you trying to raise? Uh, five. Uh, so at the moment, well, five hundred or five million. Five million. We were, we were originally we were looking for fifteen from the Australian community, um, but that was a bit too much, and so we've refined our our plan, our strategy. Um, so now we're just focusing on new products and new markets. So and the five million goes into the business. Yeah, it'll nothing's go, coming out. No, no, not at all. You so pay yourselves a wage, obviously, but yeah, yeah. But um, do you do you get do you, do you sort of get a reasonable living out of it? Look, we just live at work, so yeah. Yeah. what's a reasonable living? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not the yeah. fridges at work. So. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah but, but that's we're good. enjoying it, and it, our money's in equity. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so we've sort of refined our plan. We, we were um, looking to expand into a number of countries uh, with a number of new products. Uh, we've refined that, getting those products to market in Australia first, and just focusing on uh, Asian markets, particularly Japan. Um, and so once we, I think, prove that we can do a, an international market like Japan and the new products in Australia, then we'll have another round soon so after. So I read somewhere in the briefing. Let me have a look at something. Um, We're in Hong Kong at the moment. So one million in the first 79 days. Yeah. Yeah. One million dollars worth yeah. in 79 yeah. days. Yeah. How? Like what medium d- did people come to you from? Um, so it kind, of, it kind of goes back to, the, I guess, the start of uh, the, the pain points in the mattress industry and what we wanted to change. And one of the biggest ones we saw was the, was the online experience of, of how to buy a mattress. Um, regardless of how bad it is going into a store. And we really wanted to be <clears throat> the best, the streamlined, most optimized online experience for our customers. And through that, we built <clears throat> a lot of our own technology. We, um, we built our own logistics platform um, because one of the things that we have is the, the speed of delivery and the impulse buy that is around a mattress. And we couldn't find uh, a service carrier in, in, in Australia that could allow us to do four-hour delivery in every capital city. Corey, you mean? Courier, no, the cert that sits on top of the courier. So, oh, okay, the logistics, the the, the, the the platform that sits yep, on top of the couriers. Yep, yep. That if you go with one, you have to sign with, say, a company that does two or three. Yep. The most any other company does in Australia is two, two to three cities. So, uh, with my background in software, I was like, let's just build our own platform. So, but then you have to hook the uh, couriers into it. Yeah, and we that's what yeah, and that's what we did. It's we yeah. um. So you went to the couriers, please, or uh, fast fast couriers. We went to all of them. So the, be- the, be- the beauty of uh, the beauty of that could we call it Gumleaf. Uh, with the name Koala, um, our platform Gumleaf, it, it allows us to have 20 couriers and 20 warehouses in the same city. We're right. not locked into anything. We could basically, we plug into any courier and it only takes a few days of development. But having our own 
um, platform allowed us to, to really just scale really fast. And we do want to be held back getting to a million dollars by a courier, by our warehousing, by anything. So we really, before launch, we really beefed up all our online experience and our own technology to allow this. And then, and then, yeah, we really put a lot of effort into, we, we wanted to hit it in 90 days. So we did a 90 day plan of, um, let's try and hit a million dollars in 90 days. And that just came from us trying to do everything. So our online experience with Gumleaf, we, we also send you a, a live tracking map like Uber. Mm-hmm. So you can order Chase the mattress. Yep. Yeah. So you can, you can order the mattress and get it sometimes within an hour and see the whole tracking. You get text messages. It's really kind of giving everyone, give it all the customers as much information and, um, as much knowledge of the visibility of their product. And through that, we, it's just, it really blew up. People were just amazed that not only was it as a mattress, uh, people were saying it was easier than ordering a pizza from Domino's, which I think was a massive referral. And the, the product itself is, is it, it's really hard to pinpoint the exact reason why we grew so fast and why we're going so fast, but it's definitely the total outcome of all the different things referral that are going to, on. People are going to tell someone. Absolutely. Yeah, referral. And we've had... Uh, we don't like to talk about it, but we had a wine glass video that went viral at the start as well. Um, during during our photo shoot, uh, someone uh, we're like, "Oh, let's try to do a wine t- uh, wine glass test." And I think Mitch, you filmed on your phone, or someone mm. filmed on their phone, and they jumped next to the wine glass, and the wine glass didn't move. Now we didn't use this footage at all until uh, about a month in. We were like, "Oh, let's let's see if this wine glass video will do, will, um, will do any well." So we planned, and we planned it quite well. We um, we removed our branding from it and we chose which platforms. So Reddit, Imgur, Ninegag, not Facebook yet, different um, sharing platforms that aren't tied to a brand. And we posted this image at the best times possible. We found out what the best times possible were and it just blew up. Within 48 hours, I had 8 million views. Um, and then the two day, a few days after, we put it on Facebook with our brand behind it. And then that kind of took off too. And that video got 2.5 million views. Um, so that was a good kind of uh, driver of growth. It was it was more of brand awareness, not really actual sales. Yeah. But everything we do is is um, very performance driven. Uh, my background's in performance marketing, which we did at Ogilvy. So everything we do is very driven on our, our, our streamline of our customer journey of how we actually market to customers. We've, we got featured last year by Instagram and Facebook as a, a case study of how to do Instagram marketing, how to do Facebook. And we're now a Facebook partner. So we're the top five spenders of Facebook in Australia and we get access to all their tools and all their... So it's really, it was really putting a lot of effort into not only how good our product is, uh, but giving the product, the customer everything they want, the impulse buy, but just putting a lot of focus on both the front and the back end of the purchase. And how to communicate to new age mattress com- uh, customers, right. which uh, the uh, traditional re- retailers... There are such things. New age mattress customers. A lot customer. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al- <laughs> almost everyone hasn't... It's, yeah, again, you ask a question, two questions. What's in your mattress? And where did you get your mattress from? People don't know. People mm. think it's a hand-me-down or Auntie Auntie Jen gave it to me. Of a wedding present. Wedding present, yeah. yeah there's, there's no real life. There's no real life besides moving house. There's no real life um, event that makes you purchase a mattress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to change well, new that. New girlfriend, new boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get that a lot. It's always driven by the girls. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was kind of... Um, Quick, get rid of that mattress. Yeah. <laughs> Start it off, get it out before I get in. So yeah, it, it was really... Um, not really just it was it was kind of accessing those customers that normal mattress companies don't access right that's fantastic like i mean i've never ceased to be amazed on this show the initiatives that it's not just the idea not just the name koala it's not just the idea of having this new style of mattress and it's not just the idea of being able to pack it up and get it into something small and being able to get it delivered within four hours but it's all this all the thought and all the stuff that goes behind it there's all these processes you guys have set up and uh, and all the intellect that you build into it. And it's just two guys. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've got a team, but I mean, there's two owners, two guys, two young guys in their 20s who put together um, a very sophisticated process. Because, mm. you know, everyone just thinks, oh, you want to, aren't they lucky? They've got this online mattress business, they've done well, and it's got a great name. That's right. But yeah. behind the scenes, apart from all the sweat and all the sort of all the, the pitching you must have done in the early days out the front of mattress manufacturers trying to work out how to manufacture this thing by laying on mattresses out the front of their factory. But the intellect and all the various layers that are associated is no one really understands, and all the and to some extent the hard times you have to go through to build it. But there's the outcomes are so good, mm-hmm. and and it's just sort of like um, and what's even better, by the way, especially on today, it's New South Wales merges with Queensland. We've got a Queensland supporter <laughs> and a New South <laughs> Wales supporter, and you together you've come together you've come together uh, right. uh, and built something. <laughs> I reckon it's brilliant. I really think it's fantastic, fantastic. 
I always give everyone uh, an opportunity to ask me one question. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, uh, it's not, don't make, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I mean, I've gone through a lot of these processes, you know, from beginning to end. Some have worked, some haven't worked. Um, what question would you like to ask me? Uh, I was, I was going to flip the, um, the question I thought you were going to ask me, but what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Um, Besides a bad mattress. <laughs> well done. Um, <laughs> what keeps me up at night? Uh, well, I, I have no trouble falling asleep at night. Um, but uh, I guess what keeps me up at night is what I think about when I wake because I'm, I'm not a long sleeper. So, um, and I have a bad habit of uh, the moment I wake up, starting to think about my work. Mm. And it's not what I've got to do tomorrow or what I did yet, the day before. It's about the things that bother me. So we tend to think about those things that are um, the things we don't think about during the day. Yeah, so, I agree. I was emailing yeah. Danny at five o'clock this morning. Right. We, what we do is we... <laughs> During the day, we we just keep ourselves busy doing the things we've got to do. There's lots of things. There's a long list of things you've got to do, tasks. You do all your tasks during the day, and you tend not to address those really critical things, the things that can either, uh, you know, turbocharge you into the next level of sales or um, or alternatively things that you've got to fix up because they could bring you undone. Um, they're things we don't want to think about them because it's easier to do all the tasks. And when you go to sleep, your subconscious is, is alive. And... Um, if you wake up and you just wake up after your subconscious has just been active, you tend to bring up very clearly all those things that bother you. So the sorts of things that bother me always are my returns to my investors and cash flow. Right, okay. Always cash flow and returns. It's not my marketing or sales or and, and people, uh, individuals within mm. the organization who aren't, who aren't working in or aren't fitting in with somebody else or don't fit in with the culture or – a challenging, uh, challenging in some way, in a negative way. I don't mean in a positive way. Because positive challenges are great. So they're the things that always keep me awake. And because, like, you know, I'm in the financial services industry, and and people myself, well, you know, you do all these loans. Yeah, but like the government's always changing the rules on me. You know, market's appetite for borrowing money is always changing. It's it's not a static thing. It changes all the time. And um, you know, I build my business, my expense line to uh, to reflect my revenue line. But when the revenue line changes which is like every month mm. through nothing to do with me just through markets which i can't influence um, my expense line has to change and that winding things back or winding things back up the other direction you know building my expenses in order to take advantage of the new revenues that are out there to get market share to get i'm always adjusting so that's what keeps me up that's what keeps me awake at night it doesn't keep me up it, 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 that's what i think about when i'm awake at night and the, the, and it's actually the sort of stuff i don't want to think about during the day and, uh, but they're the things that need to be thought of. And, you know, this show is called The Mentor. And to be honest with you, um, I mean, my view on mentors is not asking questions and getting answers, not you asking me a question, me giving you an answer, but more about mentorships, about someone asking you the questions that you don't want to think of when you're doing your tasks all day long. Someone who has a better, a good enough understanding of your business that can sit back and sort of say, uh, Mitch, have you thought about that? Or more importantly, what are you doing about that, mate? And then you might give me an answer and then I come back to you the next week and say, okay, what have you done about that? What you told me last week. Have you fixed that? Or Danny, same. Kerry Packer was sort of didn't, didn't appoint himself as my mentor and I never asked him to be my mentor. But Kerry Packer had this knack of cutting through all the crap, wasn't interested in all the good stuff and all the things, the great things you've been telling me and I'm not having a go at that. But Kerry went straight to the heart of whatever the issue was and he would grab that issue and pull it out and put it right in front of you. What are you doing about that? This is where you're going to come undone. Or here's your opportunity. Why aren't you taking advantage of that? Now, that's what a mentor should do or someone who is helping you out or an advisor or a business coach or whoever you talk to. That's what you've got to seek. Someone who asks you the questions that keep you up at night. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks very much. This is great. I yeah, love it. You. Love the name. Love the product. Love the service. And you two guys, you're onto it. Cheers. Well cool. done. Thank you. We'll make sure we send you one after the show in four hours. <laughs> Up next on The Mentor, I'm going to chat with the founder of a social media and digital marketing business. Now, this is a huge growth area and there's great opportunities for everyone. So stay tuned. Welcome, Sammy Hardwick. Hey. How you going, all right? Good, good. Is Sammy short for Samantha? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And the name of your business is called Double Tap Agency. I yes. love it, Double Tap. 
Thank you. Like that's sort of like playing around with uh, how, how computers, et cetera, work today, double tap. So you, I mean, you're only a young woman. Um, yes. How old are you? Uh, 27. 27. Give me your background. Tell me your background. Okay. Um, well, I studied international business mm-hmm. at Macquarie University. Um, and from there, I went into an internship for a small digital agency where I kind of was thrown in the deep end and did all the social media uh, direct marketing then went into working for Woolworths and Dan Murphy's uh, and then stepped into working for Australia's biggest denim company and then one day decided I was going to start my own business. But the whole time, uh, digital work? Yeah, all digital. So like uh, um, in, ter- in terms of PR sense or you know, publicity or public relations and uh, what nah, sort of stuff? No, more day-to-day activity. So direct marketing from EDMs to social media to website builds. Um, that was where I kind of fell into straight out of uni. But did you, in doing a degree in international business, do you learn that stuff? No. No. <laughs> it's sort of like it's not even really related. Not sort of related stuff, at all. So I kind of went into uni not knowing where I wanted to end up, but um, interested in international business. Uh, and then when I finished up, my internship was for an agency that allowed for me to do a little bit of everything. And then I found my love for online and social media and then followed that path. Did you, it's sort of more appropriate for, to do a degree in computer science or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was, yeah. Do you wish you had of? Uh, no, because I got to dabble in a whole range of um, aspects of business when I was at uni from like accounting to marketing to management. Um, but now – Maybe I should have done a smaller short course on direct marketing, online marketing, just to have broader experience. More, more marketing stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but you can do that at Macquarie anyway. I'm yeah, sure right. They, they do have these sort of you know, like uh, two-semester type courses. Yeah, for sure. And I learned a lot more by doing in the workplace than I think I ever did while I was at uni. So I've really, especially knowing the type of person I am, I'm a, more of a hands-on doer and I learn better that way. You know, what intrigues me, you said you're 27, did you? Yeah. yeah. What, what intrigues me is that, um, and how long have you been doing this for? Six months? Yeah. Okay. Double tap. So, yeah, t- double tap. So, like, at, you know, 26 and a half or some, so some <laughs> sort of similar age, you've said to yourself and maybe to others, I've had enough of this, I'm not working for somebody else, I'm going to go work for myself. Yeah. You know, what created that? Thinking and where did the opportunity come from? Like, just or did had you had enough, or just couldn't see yourself working in a corporate environment? Someone's telling you what to do, or how did it all come about? I think my next phase was I want a challenge, and I want a challenge that's beyond working for someone. Um, there was a few things along the way where I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I could work for someone forever. Um, I've always wanted to eventually have my own business. I just didn't know at the time what in. That's talking about all the way back. Through school, I want to work for myself. Yeah, always. I was like, one day I'm going to work for myself. I just need to find out what it is I'm going to do. do." Um, And then the opportunity came when I left my last job and it was either, okay, you're going to go and work for someone else again or you can do this. This It's now or never opportunity. So you left your last job. Yeah. um, Mutual yeah, every, yeah, still speak to them all the time. It's just like, look, I don't want to work here anymore. I'm out. Yeah. But you didn't have somewhere to go. No. So like necessity <laughs> took over. Correct. I better go and do something. Yeah, and it was like I could go apply for a job and work for someone else and do that all again or you can do it. Knuckle down, start your own business and get going. Is it because you get bored um, working for somebody else? I think so. Yeah, I think for me and, my, and, and how I know that I operate, I do get bored doing the same thing day in, day out and having my own business and working across multiple different brands and companies and industries, I never get bored. I'm never doing the same thing every day. I'm always learning. Whereas when I was sitting in a workplace doing the same thing day in, day out, I, I do get bored. Because, you know, I think this is an important thing that people listening need to hear. Is it a personality type that results in someone like you leaving the security of getting paid every week. But on the flip side, probably not feeling as like you're growing as much because, you know, you're competing with other people and there's people already in the position above you and you've got to wait for them to die or leave or have a kid or something <laughs> and uh, before you're ever going to get to that role. And uh, that, that that's the flip side. So you've got security and safety, but you've got, um, you know, sort of a lid over the top of you compared to, okay, I'm going to go out and take a chance. I'm going to invest some money. I might not get make any money out of this. It might be a failure. 
am I too young to be doing this? I maybe do I have enough experience with this. I mean, how does someone who's listening to you right now know that this is the right time to make a move or maybe I should just stick with my job and, you know, stay with where I am in the safety net? How yeah. How does that work? Okay. I think um, off my own experience, um, I've always, with all of my jobs, I've always got to a point where I've been like the challenge it's ended here and I can stay here and ride it out another couple of years and get a pay rise and job title change and all of that. But I don't want to do that. I want to be challenged and I want to be growing on a day-to-day basis. But it's pretty scary. I mean, not scary, oh, it, it, maybe not for you, but like for others. Oh, no. I was so scared. And I, well, I went in and out of, oh, my gosh, this is the worst mistake I've ever made. And no, you can do it. You'll be great. Um, probably on a day-to-day basis. And still today I have moments where I go, what on earth were you thinking? Like, you know, when's the next um, contract going to be signed? When's the next bill going to be paid? Because I don't know if I've got money coming in or not. You know, you I'm always looking to the future and saying, okay, I've got these contracts now, but what's next? Because You're chasing re- the next deal. Exactly. Because when, when I was working for someone, I never had to worry about that. Money came in, did my job, left. When Everything was rosy, yeah. yeah. I mean, do, you, do you have some rich dad or something like? I mean, no. because I mean, no, that's what. <laughs> no. I, or boyfriend or husband, because that's what no. people think, might be thinking. I mean, say, oh yeah, this probably she probably got you know some uh, benefactor there who's uh, paying all the bills. She oh look, have to I wish, but no, I don't. I still uh, live at home. Yeah, I still rent with your parents. Yeah, yep. off my parents, so I live in the granny flat and I rent from them. Um, I pay all my own bills and do all of that stuff. I just thought, you know what? It's now or never, Sammy. What are the sacrifices you're making, Sammy? What are the sacrifices you're making? Like, does it mean you can't get with your girlfriend on Friday night? Yeah. I don't go out as much. I don't buy myself new clothes. I don't go above and beyond the day-to-day norm. So that, for me- How do you reconcile that for a 27-year-old? How do you- Because, I mean, all your girlfriends would be saying, the latest bar is the opera bar. We're going to go down there and get on the vodkas or whatever. And how do you reconcile those things? Well, this is my future- so this is what is going to put food on the table for my family eventually, what I am passionate about, and I'm more than happy to take make a few sacrifices if it means that down the track everyone's living a healthy, happy life. So do you come from a big family? Uh, no, family of four. Um, two, a brother and a sister, brother or sister? Uh, just you, me and my brother, and mum and dad. Uh, four, okay, mum and dad and two kids, okay. Yeah, so small so family. So like your parents are uh, entrepreneurs or business My people? dad is a business owner. Um, he's in home automation. Uh, he started off just being an electrician and then worked his way up into- Smart homes. Yeah, yeah. smart homes now pretty much is what he does. Um, my mum's been an amazing stay-at-home mum looking after my brother and I and giving us so many opportunities. I just think that for me, I've always been a little bit of a risk taker and this was my risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so- I just said, kind of sat mum and dad down and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And they went through all the pros and cons. But in the end, they were like, we know we can't change your mind. If you were living outside, Sammy, like you weren't, let's say you didn't have a mum and dad, like in the same nice, stable family you mm-hmm. had. Um, and let's say you were, I don't know, living in Potts Point or Paddington or something oh, like that. Yeah. And you're paying, you know, or, or let's say you're living at Smithfield or Fairfield. Mm-hmm. Um do you think you would have made the same decision? Because you got the the comfort of knowing if something goes wrong, I'm still here at mum and dad. They're not going to boot me out. Yeah. How much? How important is that? Oh, super important. Yeah. I obviously need a roof over my head. Yeah, and yeah. in the end, you can't work without a roof you. over. No, nah, no feeding. No, nah, but they would. But they would if yeah, I needed yeah, them yeah. to. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that, that, that's an important in terms of risk taking. Because risk is not about just about the probability of event occurring. It's about the gravity of the event occurring in the event that the probability becomes real. So. Yeah. Let's say I can't get. It's one thing to say, oh, you know, the probability of me not being able to get any business. That's one out of ten, or you know. So I really think nine times out of ten I will get a job. Um, but if I don't get a job, um, the gravity is that I won't be able to pay the rent. I won't be able to eat. Yeah. Um, the gravity in your case is a lot lower. So that 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 the importance of having a stable family. No, I said I was being a smart ass when I said, you know, do you have a rich father or husband <laughs> or something like that? But I mean, but it's the sort of same concept. It's really about security. Yeah, and, and I, I'm very, very lucky in that instance. Yeah. Is that when I did decide I have lived out of home? I moved out of home. I lived overseas for two and a half years straight out of school, um, and I went to college overseas and did all of that. And then when I came back, I got a job 
lived out of home. But when I did decide to step out on my own, I did move back home right? because I needed that so that I could build my business to be what I want it to be. Um, and look after myself at the same time. Yeah, no, and I th- so I'm not, I'm not a, and I don't take me on because I'm definitely not unminding what you've done because I think that people listening are always looking for the the clues as to how they can do the same thing as what you're mm. doing. There's lots of variations as, as to how to do it. But what I'm suggesting is that um, you make sure that you've got your safety net built below you, however you build it, whether it is a rich uncle or daddy or sure. a husband or boyfriend or or just it's it's all about stability. Um, what opportunity can I? What opportunities are given to me that allow me to put myself in a position where I'm, my risk is not so great? And the reason is not because you want to make a mistake or you're worried about making a mistake. The reason is so that you don't worry about the risk and you get on with what you're doing. Exactly. I don't have to worry about that side of things. Yeah, and it's it's not and it, that, and that's not lucky. That's smart to me. That's smart. That's sort of someone saying, okay, I'm going to leverage. My assets, my, one of my assets is that I've got a stable family that if all, all the sh- everything turns to shit, mum and dad will at least <laughs> put another meal on the table for me and they're not going to boot me out of the house. You'd hope not. Yeah, hope not. Hope uh, mum and dad are listening. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but, that, but that's, that's the game. And then, then you've got to back yourself after that. So let's move beyond that. Now, the decision to go out on your own, but tell me about the, the, the difficulties you've had in getting clients to be your clients, people to become your clients. Yeah, well, we Double Tap is new and it's fresh and I kind of went in originally with the, the idea of, right, let's just get out there, let's do what we can and get in the faces of as many people as possible. How do you do that? And I did that by leveraging contacts that I already had um, through previous jobs mm-hmm. and uh, friends and family that I knew that needed help with online. Right. So I reached out to all of those and I kind of scattered myself across a million different small projects, um, got them all done. and then Do went, everything? Nothing's too small? Nothing's too small I'll when I started whatever. out. Yep. I was like, I'm just going to do everything. And yes, I was doing all types of things. Um, but then that kind of entered and I went, oh my gosh, you've spent all this time doing a million different small things that you haven't thought about what comes next. So then I kind of sat down and built a better strategy and went, okay, small things are great. However, you need to go after something bigger, something that's going to last a couple of months. Yeah. And then on top of that, you can have X amount of small jobs to top you up. Um, So that's the approach I then took. And I've been really, really lucky that with all those jobs, those small, tiny, scattered jobs I did, word of mouth has got me my next job. Right. So, um, So referral. Yeah, which has been a huge thing for me. I haven't had to spend any money on marketing because of referral. Right. So you you tell me now, like, so it would be like eighty uh, percent of all your income comes out of twenty percent of your. If you had a hundred customers, twenty of your customers supply most of the income, and the rest of it just comes from the fill-ins, as you just said. Yeah. So the way I've kind of structured myself is five large contracts that are ongoing yep. and then I can I know the capacity that I have is I can top up with six small jobs a month. Right. And that will get me by very easily. Does that for give now. you the same amount of money that uh, you would have got if you're working at the agencies that you've been working at in the past? Uh, above and beyond what More. I would be doing. So you're doing better. Yeah. Plus plus I mean I know and one of the myths by the way of everybody who's sort of sitting there who, who's working you know right now listening to this podcast working in an agency and they're working from 9 to 6 or whatever that happens to be they're thinking oh I'd love to be doing what Sammy's doing because um you know she she's in talking to Boris at a podcast and she's got more <laughs> time on her hands but really you'd be working more hours. You probably are you more, working more hours than you would ordinarily work. Oh yeah, you're on way more time. hours. I'm awake at six and I get straight onto my laptop and I'm tapping away at six a.m. and then I won't stop tapping until I go to sleep. Yeah, um, so you're on it all the time. I, I never. I, one of my biggest downfalls is probably that I don't ever switch off. Yeah, I'm always. But it's also one of your advantages. Yeah, I'm always working. You have to do that if you're and running. Thinking a small business. about work, but you have to do that. There's no, there's no, there's no other uh, outcome. The, the, well, no, because it's this is it for me. This is what I want to do, and I'm not going to let it fail. If it does fail, fine. I do that as a learning curve, and I move on. But I'm in the mindset that I'm not going to let that happen. I'm right. not going to so, fail. So, okay, you've been at it for six months. Um, why don't you tell me the sorts of work? you do in your agency now for online online customers or for customers who are who are online I should say. Yeah, so the majority of our work to date is social media management. 
Um, and that entails day-to-day activity of all social media accounts from LinkedIn to Instagram, do you write a forum? Facebook. Do you do a forum? Yeah. Do you write it for them, not yes. for them, but for them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we write all the content. We gather all the content. Obviously, clients will have to supply business-related material that yep. they have available, but we source everything. We can create the content from scratch as well as in – and by that I mean the photography and whatnot – um, we write blog articles for agencies as well or businesses that fall into that. Um, and that's been probably the main chunk of work. And then on top of that, the next biggest thing we do is social media training. So you might be like a smaller business that doesn't have the capacity to hire someone externally. Yep. We'll come in and train your receptionist or, or admin staff or even yourself to manage your social media, give you best practice tips and tricks. And then um, a smaller aspect of the business has been building websites for people starting out online um, who just need anywhere from a five to ten page website to tell everyone what they do so that they have a presence online. Um, and then we do AdWords um, and SEO. Right. So so you're, you're sort of helping people out like small businesses, to be honest with you, like uh, yeah. small to medium enterprises. You're actually helping them um, do social media in an affordable way in a manageable way, but mm-hmm. one where they, they have the option to do it themselves. Yes. Because a lot of times they can't afford to, to be spending money on agencies and writing up all someone doing all their Instagrams for them, et cetera. Exactly. That's pretty, that can be expensive. Yeah. Or cannot make sense sometimes. But at the same time, you're prepared to do it for them if they want to outsource it to you. Yeah, so you're for an sure. So you're an outsource agency as yep. well. So how many people do you have? Is it just you or you bring in contractors? How do you work? Just out? me. But you have contracted with photography or do you do that as yeah. well? Yeah. So we have people that we work with um, in the local area when we need um, specific things for a client. So, for example, I had a client recently who needed headshots for their website. So I called in a photographer that could assist with that who was specialised in that because area. The, because the client doesn't know how to do that. No. And, and then again, I'm – potentially don't have the capacity to do that either. So I would much prefer to get a professional in to assist me to do that for the client while I build their website. So where what do you see yourself what do you think what do you see Double Tap doing and you in particular in say two years time? Or are you just taking it day by day? No, I have a long term goal and I see the business being structured solely around social media management and training. I see a huge hole in the market at the moment for training especially for small businesses. They just don't have the – there's so much information out there that it's overwhelming and they need someone to come in and give them best practice tips and tricks. Yeah, cut through all the crap. Yeah. This is what works. Exactly. And that's where I see us going in the future. So more an online education type thing. So, I mean, I guess you're not going to do it in seminar program. It would be sort of like webinar-based or online-based. Yeah. So you become an educator. Yeah. Definitely. And then for our larger clients, we'll do management. Um, Large client. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're in a physical sense, you're actually doing the work for them. Yeah. You're an outsource for them. Yep. But you're talking about, you know, uh, economies of scale. You might you might have 500 people who come onto your online webinar about, uh, you know, this week Sammy's talking about blah, blah. Yes. And you, you just do it once. One off. And people pay. Exactly. Yeah. And I just see – I mean, there's lots of people out there who are attempting to do such a thing um, and I've gone and been someone that's listened to these webinars. I've signed up for these free webinars or whatever and I, I, don't, I didn't walk away knowing anything. Right. So m- my end goal is to have everyone that listens to me or sits in, down with me at a table walks away being able to execute – a social media strategy. Right, okay. So that sort of means you nearly need to have um, in the online program, you need to actually, education program, you need to actually to be, you need to give them some homework. Yeah, exactly. It's not just come listen to me for 30 minutes and see you later. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, now that we've had this discussion, this is what you need to do. And then come back to me. Yes. And let me look at what you've done. Yes. And, and uh, then or, maybe and one day you'll come back to me to manage it because you've yeah. grown since. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that, no, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And uh, how does this cut into your social life? I mean, I, we talked about, you know, not being able to go with your girlfriends, but like it, it, if you live at home with your parents. Yeah. Is your brother still there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It's too good. So your brother's not going anywhere. So uh, you live at home with your parents. Where, yeah. where do you live in Sydney? You from, I live oh, in Newport. Newport. Okay. So you're from up the northern beaches. Yeah. Um, how does this, how do you 
manage your social life. And so, because, you know, often people talk about uh, time management, you know, that sort of stuff. I got to ask myself about it myself this morning. But how do you do that? I mean, or do you just sacrifice everything? No, I definitely don't sacrifice everything. I've just yeah, recently, the Newport Arms, whatever it's called. Oh yeah, the uh, what's it called? The Newport now. Yeah. Um, I recently got back from New Zealand. I went for a girls' trip with my friends, so I did that. I incorporated work into that trip, but I still went for five days and yeah, had a so great time. So it's not all or nothing. Oh no, it's That's not good. all or nothing. If there's a big event coming up and I want to be there, I'll be there. Yeah. Okay. So what? Because I think it's important. Because one of the things that scares people off from doing what you're doing is they think I oh, should have to give everything away. I might as well stay working for the agency because at least I've got spare time to go on a girl girls' weekend or something. But really, what it's about is about blending everything. Yeah. Not missing out. No. There I are mean, sacrifices might, to make. Yeah, I might miss out on a few Sunday morning coffees, but. I'm totally fine to yum do that. Yum Yeah. And usually the reason they go to Yum Cha is got to hang out from the night yeah. before, which means they spent 200 the night before. <laughs> that's one thing I can't be anymore. And they feel I can't like shit. be hungover. Yeah. But that's actually, it's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> I for, don't for, have the capacity for to be hungover. For a period of time anyway. It's good. It's yeah. good. I mean, like, you, you, you'd probably have a giggle at you, your friends. They go out on, I don't know, a Friday or Saturday night, and they're all, like, totally gone and then you know they're they're still whatsapping at three in the morning yeah. you know and you're you're on the you're on the feet and you go everyone's gone and uh and then you're up and at them at 6 a.m yeah you know you go to the gym or whatever um and uh you can go and get yourself a coffee just before you go on the gym but they're but they're there at 1 a.m 1 p.m still yeah I, I just don't have the polaxed. capacity to do that anymore but yeah so it's sort of like you can rise above it you can sort of say to yourself i mean that's pretty cool that 27 year old is onto that um normally it takes a fair bit of maturity but um, you know, you can actually rise above and sort of say, no, 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 but actually, you know, by, by probably by 11 PM the night before, it doesn't really matter what you do after that. Cause you don't remember anything, you know, like every drink is every hour goes yeah. in about a minute. It's fair. And, yeah. um, really if you could just limit yourself between nine and 11, that's the optimum period. Everything else after that's marginal <laughs> and it gets less and less marginal as the <laughs> evening progresses into the morning. And there's nothing more scary than walking out of somewhere and it's daylight. Oh, my God. Like, oh, that's that's no. a freak. And then you go to sleep and you wake up and it's nighttime. <laughs> yeah. So you're actually done a, you're doing yourself a favour in some respects. Yeah, look, my they body probably, probably loves me for it. Do, what, are, what, are all their, what are your girlfriends? Do any of them do something similar? What do they think about this? Um, they have been beyond supportive. All of my girlfriends have very good jobs and they're hard workers. I've, been, I've got a great group of friends. Um, they have been supportive from the get-go. They... I told them over coffee one day and they just said, Sammy, we knew eventually you were going to do something like that. You just are a hundred miles an hour and you were never going to be able to sit in an office and be told what to do and be bored. It just wasn't going to happen. So they were super supportive. Um, my recent trip to New Zealand, I didn't have one ounce of input because I had no time, but they organized the whole thing to make sure I had fun while I was over there. So they've been great. No, that's and that's important. You've got to have a good support structure around you. You can't do these things on your own. It's not possible. You're no, just... and I, I mean, my, I'm, I should say, my partner has been extremely helpful along the way as well. Like yeah, he supported me from the get go. Probably the first person that said to me, "You need to get out and do this." Yeah. So because he probably realised that you weren't going to be happy if you didn't do it. Yeah, and I'd sometimes come home from work and just not be in a good headspace, and yeah. he was like, "Well, why are you waiting so long?" Yeah, but why did you? It was the security thing. Yeah. I just needed to feel comfortable in what I can provide for clients and knowing that I was going to be okay. How do you keep up to date with everything? So, because things change. Because one of the things oh. about being on your own is you're not seeing all the new stuff that's going through a big agency because they're always sort of uh, have the benefit of, well, they have the compulsion to actually look at what's new and try these new things out. How do you keep up with that? Yeah. It's tough. I've signed up to every single blog that possibly exists to do with social media and digital marketing. So every morning I get oh probably 30 plus emails of things that are happening in the space and I have to sift my way through it all. Um, I'm constantly online. I'm constantly playing around with social media. Um and that's probably the only way I can stay up to date. The The biggest downfall of running your own business is that you spend more time on your clients than you do on your own business. Mm. 
And that for me has been a huge learning Spending curve. Spending time on the business, not in the business. Correct. Yeah, and and you've got to sort of, you know, because there's no point me asking you to do my, you know, social media or help me with build a website or whatever if, if for some reason you're building me something that was built three years ago or Correct. using technology from three years ago or, or even initiatives from three years ago when everyone's doing something totally different. Yeah. So I've got to be convinced that you're at the cutting edge. Yeah. And that cutting edge thing is um, it's a diff- that's, that's a hard, probably going to be the hardest thing for you because your area is moving very, very fast. Oh, and, you yeah. know, and you've got all the super brains all around the world. And, um, you know, they they don't like to share this stuff, agencies. They like to say, this is ours, this is proprietary, it belongs to us. Um, somehow you've got to keep a, 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 at least abreast of it, not, not necessarily ahead of it, but at least abreast of it. You need to know what is going on. Mm-hmm. And and therefore your clients then feel confident then that you can actually keep them abreast of everything else as opposed to lagging behind. Nobody yeah. wants to lag behind. Sammy, I, I – I, 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 First and foremost, I love seeing women who have the guts to go out and do something on their own and don't sort of feel like uh, only men can do this or I've got to do it with a guy or I've got to have somebody else investing in it for me or I've got to have the you know security of, um, of being married or whatever, you know, having mm-hmm. a, a partner who's going to, you know, pick me up if there's a problem, et cetera. Um, I, I think that's a great thing, particularly for our listeners to see that and, and more importantly to hear that. Um, but I also love to see um, women who and men, for that matter, who have the guts to say, that's enough. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, always wanted to work for myself. Now's the time to make that decision as opposed to it being made for them. So mm-hmm. you make the decision yourself. And it's the preparedness to take risk is probably one of the most overwhelming thought processes that we can all enter into, particularly when we're young. Um, but I would say to you it's better to do it when you're young than it is to do it when you're not young, later yeah. because there is less to lose, a lot less to lose. It'd be different if you had a family or you had kids oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, you're not in that position. So um, it's – extraordinarily refreshing for somebody for me to stand here and talk to a 27 year old. In fact, the people who were before you were 26 and 25 and 27 as well. And I'm seems, seems to me Australia is sponsoring and fostering a great culture of young people having a crack. Yeah. And and, and they're doing it in the digital space. I mean, yours is, these guys are selling through the digital space, selling online. Um, They're, they're more a product, but using online. But what you're doing is you're actually helping people like these guys Sell their product online, yeah. so you're 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 part of the service system, and uh, you've you're basically taking what you've learned in agency, taking online. Yeah, and I just love it. Who doesn't love being no, on you're, social media? But, 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 <laughs> but you're, you're, and the energy is just terrific. I mean, the energy is fantastic, and it's it's the most important thing. It's not you know you're taking the glass half full sort of attitude, and uh, and a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm never going to do that. I'll never be any good at that. Or what about this? What about that? You haven't overthought it. No. That's I haven't really overthought it no. at all. Overthinking something yeah. is, is, is it's a great thing to be able to overthink something. In other words, look at all the parameters and you know really analyze something. But sometimes you can overthink something and you will never do it. I'd probably have scared myself out of it if I'd thought about every finer detail because I would have been like, oh god, look at all these things that I have to do. Like I I. Just, just learn do how them to do accounting. Coming, like, just do them when, they, when it <laughs> approaches you. Exactly. You can't sit back and think about what it is because you will never do – you know, Nike – the Nike um, uh, signature is the, you know, just do it. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what they're sort of saying. Don't overthink. Just get out there and do it. And, you know, Nike comes from the Greek word Nike, which means – and I don't want to sound boring, but it comes from Nike. Nike was a goddess and she was the goddess of victory. So the word Nike means victory in Greek. And Nike is basically saying, um, you know, they, that means victory, but they basically saying, if you want to be victorious, if you want to actually be successful. Just do it. Just do it. And that's my whole point here. And that's what you have demonstrated to everyone today. Just get up and do it. Yeah. You just get up why one not? day and do it. You left your job and you went and did it, which is why I sort of dug into that. And you just, what, and, and yeah, I'm sure there's all the other stuff about, you know, you, you had the opportunity, you still have the opportunity with your family, but, but it doesn't matter. You could have still said, no, I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah. I'm too scared to do it. Or I'm over, oh, what about this? What about that? Just doing it is the only way forward for an entrepreneur. And that's what all entrepreneurs have in common. They just one day say, I'm doing that. 
and they go and do it. Which is what I did. Same the same things. Exactly the same thing. Now I give everyone an opportunity to ask me one question. What one question would you like to ask me? Oh, I know. I've been thinking about this for like <laughs> forever, but you kind of just answered it. I wanted to know how did you get in to what you're doing? I just did you it. Just I, did I literally it. just did it. I, I, I was um I was, the very first business, the, my first financial services business was a company called Wizard and um I I met these guys who uh, were mortgage brokers and uh, I said to them one day, um, you know, guys, you're doing a really good job. Um, would you like me to invest in your business and do what the Aussie Home Loans guy is doing? That's what I said to them. They said, oh, that'll never work and blah, blah, blah. And they were the overthinkers. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, well, look, I'll put a little bit of money in. There wasn't much. I put a little bit of money in and we could go and do it exactly. We'll pull all your businesses into one, which will give us a bit of spare capacity and uh, we'll, you know, have a brand. We'll call it blah, blah, wizard and we'll – promote it and we'll do all the following things. And uh, they said, oh, no, no, it would never work and we don't think so. And anyway, I said, come on, just let's, have, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, and that's exactly what happened. It was just a decision made overnight. It was like I, the same. I just literally woke up and went, righto, let's go. And I had no idea where I was going to – I had no plan. I, <laughs> I didn't do a three-year business plan and six-year budget. And I didn't know how I was going to fund it. I didn't know anything about it. I just did it. And that's what works. Yeah. And every and I often say life's a series of transactions. Every day is a, a series of transactions. It's not a business, just things you've got to do. And if you look at it that way, it's not so daunting. You just say, okay, I'll get most of it done. If I don't, I'll go do some more transactions tomorrow. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'll just get on with the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's how you've got to approach your life. Otherwise, you overthink it and you never do anything and you get stuck. Yep. And you, they're the people who need to stay in a, in a job, which is, by the way, is nothing wrong with that either. No. But they're the people, that's that's your thing. You stay there. <laughs> and my thing is uh, I can't stay there. I have to go and do what I do. Yeah. You said like uh, you're the same sort of personality. The same person. So examine your personality. Make sure you're the right person to become an entrepreneur. We all want to become one. We all think there's this great flexibility. There's not. Oh, no. It's just it's just doing what suits oh, your okay. personality. Yeah, exactly. And in the end, I just happen to be that person. Well, brilliant. Thanks very much. Thank and, you. Uh, and that's very enlightening for us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. This has been The Mentor with Mark Burris. You can follow Mark on LinkedIn 